Good morning. What day is it? Wednesday night for us, Thursday morning for you guys. We are here in... Spring. Spring? Spring. Spring, Texas. I've been saying Houston all this time, but it's, it's actually like a, an outskirt of yeah. Houston, right? Yeah. Um, so we're here, guys. It is a, It was the third day of... of um, the conference, and uh, man, it was so packed. We got there a little bit late, and they had to put us in an overflow room, and we had to watch the service through a giant screen. <laughs> but th- when you guys got there, they didn't let you in. Actually, we went in because we oh. thought you were you went in a sharing room there. Oh, because you're like, oh, they have chairs for us. Yeah, and oh. then we, were, we couldn't find you. We saw like a, a hundred people with a yeah. Ball-headed McMahon, we're like, oh, I can't find Pastor David. Yeah, because we were like, we have family coming. They're like, well, they'll be here because there's nowhere else to fit. Yeah. So, yeah, it, it was a, it was actually the um, the youth where they have the youth service, but it's a huge screen. See, it was like two screens put together. Yeah, yeah, that's what it looked like. Yeah. yeah. They're really wide. So um, Sharon's right here behind the camera. Say hi. Hi guys. Yeah. So um, it was overflow. Um, but it, yeah, it was it was great. Um, we it finished earlier than normal. Oh, you know what was crazy? After what happened in the parking lot? Oh, <laughs> it was man. Crazy. I it mean, was, it was horrible. Yeah, I mean, we were laughing yeah. because it's turned out fine. But yeah, we were part. We were standing outside, and they had uh, what are those things called? Uh, like a uh, uh, someone that. Those little, those little cars. I know what you mean. Uh, like a little the golf cart. cart kind of like a yeah, golf cart. Yeah, because the, the parking lot's kind of big, guys. So they were kept kept coming around, and they would take people to your car. And um, and there was no none of them were around. So we're like, what's going on, you know? So we ended up, because um, the car I'm using was closest, so we jumped into that car to drive you to your get your other car. And um, every all the guys were in the parking lot. Give, one guy was giving a Heimlich to another one of the guys. He was choking. <laughs> yeah, he was doing that for a and while. Then, and then we're staring, and I hit a curb. Did you tell <laughs> your wife? That's the funny part, yeah. What? That's why I'm laughing. I'm not laughing because the guy was choking. I'm laughing because he hit a curb. Yeah. Scraped the whole curb, the whole yeah. bottom of the car. <laughs> yeah, so it was messed up, man. We freaked yeah. out. You didn't tell me that. I just remembered. You know why you didn't want to tell me that? Well, no, I forgot. You didn't want me to, to make fun of you because... What are you eating? Oh. Yeah, so. Oh, and then we were, we were leaving out the uh, parking lot, and then I guess the uh, ambulance is coming for us. Yeah, but he was already okay. So, yeah, he but, was already okay. Was yeah, that was, that was scary, man. I'm glad he was all right. Yeah, me too. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. Yeah. yeah, so um, so tomorrow for us, today for you guys, is the last final day of... Um, the conference and they're ending it with a Texas style barbecue. That's gonna be nice. Three days of barbecue. Three days of barbecue, <laughs> man. Yeah. So today, um, uh, Sharon and I went to downtown Houston and met with my cousin Monica and my tia. Um, oh my gosh, I went blank right now. Yeah, my my tia Benita. I would just say tia. I'm not used to her name. Yeah. And I just met her today. And then I met my cousin Monica's daughter for the first time. How old was she? The daughter, 22? She's 22. Yeah. 
really, really uh, nice girl, smart girl. She's going to school. She's going for her bachelor's to be an optometrist. But that was real nice, you know. So um, uh, that was great, guys. So then we got back here, and then, uh, anyways, we're we're here and wanted to actually talk about some substance here, scripture. Bam, got the Bible. I still haven't found my black Bible, guys, so I had to bring my camouflage one over. If it's that one, you won't be able to find it. I know. And then camouflage. I don't think I did it this time either. My Bible's been missing for three weeks, four weeks. I think somebody. I think somebody broke in to the church and just stole my Bible, and that's it. No. That'd be weird, huh? Yeah. <laughs> so, anyways, guys, um, wanted to talk about this scripture here. Something we were talking about earlier. And um, I'm just going to read it first. And it says this in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. I'm going to read 1 through, 1 through 4. And then we'll talk about it. So Paul wrote to the Corinthian church. Corinth was a city, and there was a church in that city. And he says, Moreover, brethren, I declare to you the gospel which I preached to you, which also you received and in which you stand, to which also you are saved, if you hold fast that word which I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. For I delivered to you, first of all, that which I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. Amen. Yeah, so, you know, we were talking earlier about why do we have church? Why do we have Bible studies? Why do we evangelize? And we were like, it's not to talk politics. It's not to talk. It's about Jesus. Amen. Yeah. You know, I mean, you agree, right? Oh, Definitely. What's, you know, what's the most important thing we can do in this life mm-hmm. is to share Jesus. Exactly. No matter what. Yeah. No matter how, you know, <laughs> at one point, somebody is going to hear it for the first time. So mm-hmm. we got to always present the gospel, you know. Who presented the gospel to you? Ah, uh, a lot of different people did. I mean. Uh, when you finally surrendered your life. when you uh, It was like. Several different people. It was yeah. one of my cousins. One of my cousins that I uh, spent a lot of time with in, in my teenage days. Uh, to be honest, I actually went to church with him uh, as a teen because his good friend, his mom went to church. So his mom invited us uh, at a young age when we were like teenagers. My cousin was a few So before years I met you? Yeah. My cousin was a few years older than me. And um, his friend couldn't hang out on the weekends or Friday nights. Unless he went to church, so we went to church, and we we didn't really know much about church. Yeah, you just went. Yeah, with we them. went, and we were thought it was weird, you know. We were like, oh, we felt really uncomfortable. Was it like a Pentecostal church? No, I don't know. I think or... we're just like I think I don't know. They did speak in tongues okay. and stuff, and it was just like they sat around singing hymns. It was like a Bible study that I went to. Yeah, and um, I mean myself, you know, and even my cousin, I believe, we were just laughing and kind of laughing at it and thinking this is weird. You yeah. Know, this is, Kind of foolish is what we yeah. thought, you know. And uh, it does say that the word of the Lord is foolishness to those that uh, what don't believe or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you know, we, I was to me, it was like whatever, you know. I just went, and then after that, we hung out and did our thing, yeah. and had fun. So my cousin actually shared the gospel with me, and then it was also my uh, 
my wife's grandmother at, at, at another period of time of my life. And just a lot of different people down the line. Yeah. But when I fully, uh, it was uh, actually Brother Tony back back in the day. Oh, really? Yeah, and Merced. Yeah. He actually, uh, he's the one that uh, invited me to church. And, uh, Amen. And the time and I went to church and went to the altar and surrendered my life to the Lord. And uh, I did feel a big change at that at that time. Yeah, I didn't. I mean, I didn't get the Holy Ghost or nothing like that, yeah. which people think you know should happen at that moment of time. But I t trust me. I left there and I felt different inside. My heart and the way I was internally wasn't the same. Something happened. I had a desire for something new. I, I didn't desire the old things I really wanted to do. But for like about a year though, like at, right after I uh, went to the altar and surrendered my life, I. Uh, he kind of stopped talking to me like he kind of just kind of backed mm -hmm. away and i didn't have any discipleship anyway oh. so i kind of just went back to my old ways a little bit and kind of like straddled the fence i guess yeah. you could say like i didn't know what to do with myself i didn't know that you you know that you should get where were you order. living at what city i was in merced okay and uh but i had like this hunger for like the lord though like it was weird because like i would like be in a parking lot and i would see someone and i feel like my heart would like out or sink inside of me or something. So what do you think was going on with him? He was just going through his own stuff? I don't know. I mean, I, maybe he, I, all I could uh, assume and, you know, my, my thought, the way I felt was maybe he uh, figured, okay, you know, I'm going to try to focus on someone else and uh, bring them to Christ now. Maybe he was, yeah. had people he knew that he wanted to yeah. see surrender their lives to the Lord. So maybe that's what I came to the conclusion. Okay. But uh, I didn't really fully surrender my life to the Lord. That was in 2006. It wasn't a full surrender till 2007. Oh, and wow. ever since then, you know, I've been, you know, of course I have my days and times and moments where, you know, you know, I, I go through things and I think, oh, Lord, you know, yeah. a day, you know, I'm not perfect. Only Christ is perfect, you know. And if he, if I was perfect, then Christ, you know, what, what, why would we need him, you know? Yeah. So. That's that's pretty much it. You know, so that's when, so then I, I mean, I already knew you, but then you, yeah. I got out two years later and that's when mm -hmm. you came over. I was on house arrest, yes. uh, federal house arrest at my mm -hmm. parents and you came by. Yeah. Um, you know, for me, like, and it, it's not as simple as like, oh, let's just preach Jesus, right. the death, burial, resurrection. It's, yeah. it's you ingrained that, like mm -hmm. for me, you, you got ingrained that in every sermon. Mm hmm you know, every sermon at the end is good. It, sh it should be about Jesus, right? And about His death, burial, and resurrection. You yeah. know, and and I, that's kind of what we were talking about earlier about how sometimes I I think people can try to get creative and and pastors might get away from that. And I'm just like that. I think that's that's a mistake. Yeah, and sometimes sometimes I feel that's why uh, churches never really or you know whoever people out there never really see people surrendering to Christ. Yeah. And they're like wondering, you know, how come nothing's happening? You know, like, like maybe they're trying to, uh, you know, preach the gospel and they see no results and yeah. they think they're blaming the gospel mm. or it's not even the person coming to church yeah. and, and it has been invited may walk away and say, you know, cause they didn't hear the gospel and it's only the message of the cross, the yeah. message of the death, burial and resurrection of Christ. That's going to save someone. Right. That, that message, the yeah. gospel message. So maybe that's why they leave and they're like, you know, I'm not going to go to church. Jesus did nothing for me. I'm just better off doing what I was doing. Mm -hmm. Maybe that's why they do that. I'm not too sure. I mean, uh, I mean, there could be a lot of different reasons. That could be one reason Yeah. why that, you know, because uh, I mean, like you were saying, you know, Christ and the gospel should be 
the main ingredient, you know. Yeah, well, we had our... always incorporated there. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure if you had an opportunity to watch our Good Friday service this yeah. last two weeks ago. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, a Good Friday service, basically, guys, you guys remember, if you guys watched it, we have like a funeral for Jesus, remember? Yeah, yeah. I, actually, we watched it. Oh, okay. Yeah, we watched it after he came back from uh, Grace. Oh, okay. And we came here and we yeah. watched it, turned it on. And at the end, I mean, we do that, we do communion, but then at the end, I'm like, you know what, the greatest miracle you could ever have mm -hmm is a transformed yes. heart and a transformed life. And this man came and um, man, he was, he just had tears streaming down his face wow. and he surrendered his life to the Lord. And I'm just like, this is what it's about right mm -hmm. here. Yeah. You know, that's why we're doing this. That's why we have service. That's mm -hmm. why to bring people to the feet of Jesus. And, mm -hmm. and if we're not doing that, what are we doing? Yeah. yeah. You know, nothing else. The Bible says that all of heaven rejoices when one sinner comes to the Lord. So, he doesn't rejoice when we have right. you know, anything else. The mm -hmm. only time the Bible says that all heaven rejoices is when somebody repents. Amen. That's true. So that kind of makes me think like that must be really important. That is, yeah. yeah. That's the, I mean, that's what the whole, that's, that, that is Christianity. You know? Yeah, is, yeah. That's what it is. But, you know, like just kind of talking about this verse, I like how it starts off because he says, brothers, I declare to you the gospel which I preached to you, which you also received, in which you stand. Mm -hmm. So there's three things he says here. He says, first of all, I preached the gospel to you. So mm -hmm. we know now that Paul was always going to preach the gospel. Right. Because he says, we preached the gospel to you, and you received it, mm -hmm. and you stand in it. So yeah. that gives us a good indication of what it was Paul was doing as he traveled from town to town mm -hmm. to town. He's like, I'm going to share the gospel you're going to receive it, and you're going to stand on that, you know? And, and I like that, because then it goes into the second verse, by which you were saved. So <laughs> there, it is, right there it is right there. You were saved because he shared the gospel. Yes. You know, you, re you heard the gospel, you received the gospel, and then you stood on the gospel. Yeah. And that's why it says here, by which you were saved. And I, lo I love the word if. Because a lot of times in the Bible, people forget that word if. They think like, oh, I'll go surrender my life to the Lord, and then I'll go back doing what the... Mm. No. Mm. You know, people say, oh, yeah, I'm saved. What do you mean you're saved? You're smoking a joint and you're drinking a 40. What do you mean you're saved? <laughs> oh, yeah. no, I went to this church and yeah. they told me to repeat mm. this prayer. Mm. Yeah. Well, look at the word if. Mm -hmm. It says, by which you are saved if, if. you hold fast that mm. word which I preach to you unless you believed in vain. Mm. So there's an if. Yeah. So it's not about a simple prayer, and all of a sudden, that's right. it. And I know some people like to say that. There's, I believe there's some churches that, that believe that. Yeah. But we just read it. Yeah. It says, if you hold on to that word. Yeah. You know? And, um, and then it goes... So then, okay, then somebody, if somebody reads that, they'll be like, okay, so what, what's the gospel? What is the gospel? And he answers it. He says, um, for I delivered to you, first of all, that which I received. So I like that too. Yeah. So, so Paul is saying, dude, the only reason I'm able to share this message to you is because somebody Amen. shared it with me. Amen. You know, and yeah. I mean, this is what we're talking about. This is, to wow. me, this is like Christianity 101. Mm-hmm. This is, this is 101 and, and the end. This is the beginning and the end. This, this is it. And then he goes, somebody shared it with me. He goes, what? He goes, that Christ died for our sins according to the scripture. So number one, he's explaining what the gospel is. So number one is that Jesus died 
for our sins. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and you could go deep with that. You can go, you know, you could break it down, be like, listen, uh, all the way from Adam and Eve to cover the sins of Adam and Eve. Right. God had to kill an animal yeah. to cover their sins, you know. Mm-hmm. Or you can go to um, the Passover oh, yeah, lamb, yeah, Passover. the blood of the lamb. Yeah. You can, I mean, there's so much you can go through from there. But he's but he lets us know that Jesus died for our sins. So that's number one. That's the gospel. And then he says, um, and that he was buried, right? And that he rose again the third day according to the scripture. So Paul's like, because somebody might say, okay, somebody received, you received it, so you share it, and Mm -hmm. people hear it, they receive it, they stand on it. So what is it that they're standing on? What is it that they're receiving? He says it. Yes. Is the death, death. burial, death. and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, that story does not get old, guys. No. It does not get old. Um, what, this, is, this is the most printed and most sold book in the world. And there's a reason for it, because it's the living word. You know, and that's why like testimonies are powerful. Even you sharing a little bit about mm-hmm. your cousin, a little yeah. bit about Tony. Mm-hmm. You know, what I mean, that's that's what we do, man. Is is we share what Jesus did for us, and if He did it for us, He can do it for you. Yes. You know, and, and so many people sometimes like I've seen people healed. I've seen demons casted out. I, I I've heard prophetic words. I love all that stuff. Yeah. But man. To see somebody changed, yeah, <laughs> you know, to see yes. somebody just change, to see somebody come out of depression, addiction, mm-hmm. I mean, just, it's incredible. Mm-hmm. Like, how does that happen? How can, how can God do, I mean, there, there's rehabilitation centers, there's, yeah, there's the, I mean, stuff that, that the psychiatrists, psychologists, yeah. they they, they go for months and months and months, and Jesus like, boom, I'll do it in, in an instant. Same. Yeah, right then and there. And you know what's weird is uh, that kind of came to my mind was uh, when I like when I first uh, surrendered my life to the Lord back in 2006, and I went to the altar, and uh, a brother invited me to church, Brother Tony did. At that time, I was uh, struggling with uh, domestic violence. Uh, I used to get into arguments with my wife, and I would be abusive towards her. You said you, re- you had a lot of rage. Yes, yes. I would, yeah, I had a lot of anger in me. And uh, I always thought up until recently that God never set me free of the domestic violence and all that till years later. Till I recently all came back to me one day. It was like, uh, I think it was like about a month or seven, month or two ago. Yeah. I was talking to my wife and I remember when I went home after I went to the altar that night and they, I got prayer and laid everything down to the Lord. I went home and it was late that night because it was a, like a Wednesday evening service. And it was a, a little before a Resurrection Sunday, Easter Sunday, whatever you want to call it. And it was like a combined service between the Spanish service and the English service. So they yeah. had like a lot of praise and worship. And uh, that day I was like, the Lord was just speaking to me and touching my heart that whole day. And I remember when I went to the altar, I left. I mean, I don't even know what happened. All I know is I, I was changed. The Lord changed me like, inside my heart instantly. Uh, believe me, I was not the same person I used to be. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, I was at the altar jumping for joy. 
and all, I mean, I was not the altar jumping for joy. I had so much joy. I didn't know what to do. I couldn't contain it. And I went home and immediately the enemy tried to step in. I remember I got into this like argument with my wife in our apartment there. And it was pretty late at night because we had just got home and the service lasted pretty long. And I remember I ran to my kitchen from the bedroom and I started lifting my hands. I was praying <laughs> and my wife came behind me. and was like, what are you going to do? Go ahead, go pray to your God. And she was saying stuff to me yeah. and it angered me. And I knew no better but to react in my old self. Yeah. So I turned around and I don't know what happened. I just started yelling at her, cussing, probably pushed her, maybe choked her. I don't really don't know what I did. But uh, if I immediately went to go pray and call the name of the Lord, that means God immediately set me free that day, I believe. But I believe I just didn't know what to do with myself because it was a, such an instantaneous change. Yeah. And I feel that maybe the enemy, what he did to me, caused me to go back to what I did before. And all I know is I always thought that God set me free years later and wanted me to live with that for many years, although I was already saved after, you know, fully surrendered after 2007. But that wasn't the case. It was like, Lord, like, brought it to me. I was like, wow, that's that's pretty awesome. I don't know, what do you think about that? Well, it, it kind of made me ask, like, I thought of a question real quick. Mm -hmm. What was the question I was going to ask you, man? No. It was right in my head. Oh, you should have interrupted. No, 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 no. no I, I didn't want to interrupt you. Yeah. It was right in my head about, about that. Man, what was your question? I mean, let's see if I remember mine. What was that? Was that? What was, you said, what do I think about that? About Yeah, yeah about, uh, about whether or oh, not. Oh, I know the question. The question is this. Mm -hmm. If you yeah. had not surrendered your life to the Lord right. in 2007. Right. Fully. Yeah. Fully. Yeah. Well, there is no straddling offense. So right, right. Yeah, yeah true. true. Um, yeah. Would you still have your wife in your life today? No, I, I probably wouldn't. No. Wow. And that means the the baby you have now, yeah. you wouldn't have had yeah, her. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's true. You know, see this. See, see what I mean, guys. And we have no idea where his two older children would be in their life right now. Right. without you mm -hmm. because you know they need you they need her they need both yeah. of you so it's like when we surrender our life to the lord guys especially those of you that have families do you realize you are completely realigning your the future mm -hmm. of your children you know you're realigning everything because imagine without god where mm -hmm. your family would have been without christ wow you have completely that's why it's not about us. God is a generational God. Yes. Yeah. You know, and, and we have no idea, guys. I mean, if, if I hadn't surrendered my life to the Lord, I would have still been in prison. My kids, who knows where they would have been. I would have never met Sharon. Who, who knows where she would be. She'd be heck of bored right now because she wouldn't have me in her life. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, but like life would be completely different, True. you know, and it's just, that's why, that's why I'm saying like, yeah, God heals, praise God, but we're still going to die. We're still going to die of something, right. you know what I mean? But a changed life, a changed heart, a changed mind, that is eternal. Amen. Yeah. That's eternal, guys. 
That's why we can never get away from that. I don't care what anybody says. The gospel has to be the central message at all times. I will repeat that until the day that I die. The death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. That's why I always say the pulpit belongs to him. And if the pulpit belongs to him, then it's his business to be talked about at the pulpit. Nobody else's. I'm always going to think that. I'm always going to feel that because... When I was locked up and, and, and I wasn't, there was no, no, nobody was helping me. No politician was helping me. Nobody was helping me. The only one that was there with me was Jesus. Mm -hmm. So he gets the glory. He yeah. will always get the glory, you know? And yeah. I just think that um, I love the fact that for me, this confirms that. Is Paul was like, listen, I received it, so I give it the death, burial, and resurrection, mm -hmm. you know? And, and I think that. Um, I don't think, I, I believe wholeheartedly that that's the most important thing we can share. Yeah. You know, and, um, but we find, we find different ways of sharing that, you know, within, if I preach about Abraham or Moses or, or Esther or Ruth, and, you know, you ingrain the gospel in that, you know, and I think that's the, that's the best thing we could do, you know, guys, and, um, man, you know, Kind of, we're done with this part, but you know, yesterday, I the whole time, every time I go to conference at Oceanside, I'm like, okay, God, what are you going to show me? What are you going to reveal to me? You know, all this, you know, whatever gas it took or whatever it took, I'm just yeah. like, <laughs> I'm not a rich guy, so I'm just like, God, I, what am I taking back from the conference with me? And um, to be honest with you, I was kind of lazy listening today. <laughs> at the service i'll be honest with you you know why because yesterday i received what oh. i came for and this to me i forgot everybody else is in the auditorium when he said the reason he goes we have so many churches in need around the world he goes and we can only do so much that's why in america we need to raise up a thousand churches yeah, i remember he said that <laughs> and when he said that i forgot everybody was in the room and i'm just like boom there it is lord thank you that's what i came to hear mm. you know and i'm just like man that dude i forgot every i'm just i think i said amen or something like that <laughs> i don't care who was around because it's true man because that's the one thing i um i love about grace I love Grace International, guys, but some of the guys have gotten comfortable. You know what I mean? I'm just like, man, we got to fire this thing up because more cities need to be reached, more people need to be reached, more souls need to be saved. You know, like, um, and this has been an ongoing thing. Like recently, we met a couple out of um, Lake Tahoe, right? And they're in their mid-30s, and um, they were going to a church, and all of a sudden, they they. I'm kind of probably butchering the story, but basically he works on the roof. He's, he's a roofer and somebody fell. Oh, wow. And the person was not breathing. What? Like no pulse or nothing. Jeez. And he was going to a church that, that didn't really push the mm. gifts. Okay, okay. But he commanded life to come back to oh, that person and the God. person wow. came back. Wow. So it sent him wow. on a spiral wow. of truth to search for truth. And anyway, long story short, um, Sharon and I are now discipling this couple, and we're talking to them, and they were talking about how in Lake Tahoe, the Spirit of God is not moving. All the churches are just very conservative, very to themselves. They don't even have altar calls at the end of service. They're, you know, they're just, it's just the same old people going to the same old church and this and that. Mm -hmm. And they're just like, man, we, we're on fire, man. We need to reach people. There's people that are lost or people that are broken. And, 
And um, so they're getting like invitations to go speak at the high school. Like the principals are saying like, oh, it, you got to talk to our youth. And they're like, well, we're going to mention Jesus. They're like, whatever, <laughs> you know? And, and, and I'm just like, so it, it just kind of put an urgency in me because I'm just like, man, how many other cities are like Lake Tahoe? How many other cities are the spirit of God? And it's like, you can go to a city and see a million churches on every corner, but is the spirit of God there? Yeah. That's the question, because in Revelation, he says, I stand at the door and knock. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times people say, well, he's knocking at the heart. No, he's knocking on the church, church door. Yeah. Why is he outside the church? Yeah, he should be in the church. Yeah, yeah you know, so <laughs> talking to this couple, um, you know, other people we've talked to about saying like, man, you know what I mean? You know you have that calling. You know, so what are we going to do about it? You know what I mean? And, mm -hmm. and um, I'm just like, man, you know. This is truly an urgency, you know. Uh, uh, Jesus is coming, man. He's coming, and the world is getting crazier and and crazier. And, and you know, I know, I know you have a calling, brother. You know, I'm not trying to put you in a spot here, no, but, no, 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 but I know you have a calling. You know, you have a calling. Yeah. You don't need me to tell you. Oh yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? So I don't know. I, I've been, I was reminded of that. <laughs> I was reminded of that yesterday, <laughs> yesterday, and the day before. Yeah. The first night, I was like, oh. Lord. <laughs> Why the first old when they did the ordination? Yeah. Oh, yeah. really? Yeah. Yeah. The Lord's like, that's you. <laughs> that's yeah. you. And that already is you because, you know, Amen. I called you and I ordained you. Yeah. I mean, of, of course, you don't have credentials and you don't yeah. have, you know. But even they said it there. They yeah. said, we don't ordain. Yeah, God ordains. We just recognize that calling. That God has ordained. Yeah. yeah you know. Exactly. But, and then when he said about the, thousand churches like so yeah. <laughs> yeah. i'm just like kinda, yeah yeah because wow. i think grace international i believe four or five thousand churches but most of them are out on outside of the united states here's mm -hmm. the problem with that right because people are like oh amen praise god here's the problem is like he said he goes like when covid shut down mm -hmm. he goes everything shut down those churches a lot of them don't have internet they don't have online they don't so it just stopped you know, and, and they got to keep paying their building and they got to keep paying. Yeah. And basically, all of these thousands of churches outside the country, a lot of them rely on the resources of the United States churches, but we're only a small amount. Mm -hmm. That's why he's like, we're, we're giving, we're giving, we're giving. House of Rest, guys, we're giving toward missions, but you can only do so much. He goes, the problem is this, is we need to raise up more churches. So we need to raise more. up. Yeah. So there's more church to give. Yeah. Them. I thought that was powerful when that guy, that short guy. Yeah. Yeah. He was saying about multiplying. Yeah. Multiplying the churches. Yeah. 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 And I like that because I've always been against, I've, I've met ministries where they just want to brag. So they're like, oh, I sent this church out and that church mm -hmm. out. And they got five, six, seven churches underneath them, but they're all like, yeah. Uh, they're just, they're just, there's problems happening. So I've always kind of in my head been against that. I'm just like, I'd rather just go slow and take my time. Yeah. But I think that has to be counterbalanced mm -hmm. with the urgency. And, and like, and I like the fact that he said we need to raise up more churches in order to help these other nations also. Right, right. So that's like, I don't want to raise this for bragging rights. Mm -hmm. I want, we need to raise up places to help them mm -hmm. because the need is so great. You know what I mean? Yeah. And just... Were you tripping on all the countries? Like yeah. 155 yeah. countries? Yeah, that's a lot. Yeah, that's, that's crazy, like, wow. man. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyways, 
I was way off topic, but I guess it was on my heart to talk about <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah, we covered a lot. Yeah. <laughs> there was a lot that came yeah. out. I, I, for, I forget you got to work tomorrow. So. No, I'm okay. The weird thing is I'm not even tired. The, the weird thing is, seriously, like, I don't know what it is. It's like, uh, I mean, most of the time I come home and get more sleep. Yeah. When I get to work, I'm, I'm more tired than I, than I have been for the past several days. Yeah? Yeah. It's weird, uh-huh. bro. So, but yeah, man, if somebody's watching this and you are in the Houston area, you like the way we teach, you like the way we we do things, um, and if you're here, you're in North Houston, right? Yeah. In Spring, 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 Spring Texas. Near Humble. Yeah. If Not you, Humble, but Humble. Humble, yeah, it's weird. The H it's, is silent. The H is silent, I just found <laughs> out today, yeah. but, um, you know, reach out to me, man, because... Even though you guys are attending Grace, I'm sure you would look forward to any fellowship or somebody that reaches out. Because, guys, um, Anthony and Angel are available. You know, they're great teachers. They know the word, you know, and, and they, they know the culture that's ingrained in House of Rest Modesto, guys. And I'm sure they wouldn't be opposed to, you know, meeting some of you guys if you're in this area, you know, and uh, right Right, right. Yeah. To be honest with you, actually, uh, on my personal YouTube channel where I lived at in the uh, south of here, south of the Spring area, I used to live in uh, the Gulf Gate area, uh, South Houston, kind of like near the Hobby area. And I uh, actually did a video back then because I was, my wife and I were going to open our home yeah. to anyone that wanted to come study the word with us. Oh, okay. And we didn't get no feedback. No one really reached out. It's hard, man. Yeah, because no one really reached out. And I was like, okay, well, yeah. I mean, and I also think, you know, there's so, there were so many other churches out there. and There's a lot of churches you know, here. Like, I mean, That's what I mind, no one doesn't really know me. So, like, who yeah. would really trust a stranger to really yeah. go to their house and confide in them to hear, hear the word? Yeah. You know? No, it, it is hard, but this channel has yes. over 9,000 subscribers, mm-hmm. has over <laughs> about 600 yeah. people that watch every video we do. Um, there's about 300 that watch most of 80% of what we do. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe guys, some of you, it only takes a small handful of people that want to get together, that love Jesus, that are hungry for God, that want to learn together, you know, and, and, um, and, and do something, you know, and, and create something. Mm-hmm. And, and that's how God does it, man. He, he starts something from nothing, yeah. you know, and, yeah. uh, I'm, I'm glad you said that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, man, I'm, you know, it's just been nice, man, doing these devotionals with you. Yesterday, yeah, we yeah, were just kind of chopping it up, but yeah. today I actually wanted to hit scripture, mm-hmm. get some substance in there, get yeah. some meat. Yeah. Since yeah. I've been eating Texas barbecue, <laughs> this is this is spiritual barbecue right here. Mm-hmm. So um, I think that's it, right? Yeah. Yeah, okay. All right, guys. So God bless you. Thank you so much. I'll probably have Anthony one more time for tomorrow's devotional. He All don't right. know it yet, but... <laughs> He knows hey, now. Hey, I'm available, brother. Yeah, <laughs> I'm amen. available. That's the magic word right there. Yes. So, all right, guys. God bless.